0: The cold, spindly fingers of a sinister supernatural force awaits us tonight as we face things that do more than bump in the night. They stalk, they call out, and they want you. Stay tuned for Tales of the Supernatural with our guests Anna Maria Manalo and Melody Knapp. We also have a special guest popping in to enlighten us on a long-forgotten haunted house and more. Here on the best in paranormal programming, this is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this. He will know me. He won't know me. He doesn't stand for below me. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps. Baloney, perhaps not. Hello, my little darklings, and thank you for joining me here again on the Paranormal 60. I am your host, Dave Schrader. I want to take just a quick minute to thank the coordinators and event holders of the Oregon Bigfoot Festival. Not sure how it was going to go over having us paranormal guys there, but it went over great. We had long lines. The heat got up to 104 degrees in Portland, Oregon, and you Oregonians, you came out to play. It didn't matter what the heat was. You were there to meet your favorite paranormal people and Bigfoot talkers, and we were all there for you. We had a great time. Many of you came up and had a chance to do pictures and say hello, and I want to thank you very much for braving the heat and hanging out with us that day. It was a lot of fun, a lot of cool stuff coming up this weekend. It's the Hell in the Cell event. That's right. The Hell in the Cell event is already upon us. If you haven't heard about it, you guys have been living underneath a rock somewhere. The Hell in the Cell event is Chris Fleming, myself, and Shane Pittman from the Holzer Files. We're going to be at Old Joliet State Prison where we're going to be investigating this weekend. A few tickets still remain. There are one-day tickets for Friday, one day for Saturday, or get the VIP two-night investigation tickets. You can find them at darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com. And uh, the following week, I'm out at Bobby Mackey's with Nick Roth and the G-Crew. So if you want to come on out and hear music from Bobby Mackey and get a chance to see the G crew live and we're going to have uh, Nick's wife, Tessa is going to be doing a live gallery reading a lot of cool stuff. Again, you can find information at darknessevents.com. The following week we've got. Are you ready for this? The Gettysburg battle bash, August 19th through the 21st. And uh, that is going to be a great time. You can come on out and meet me, Shane Pittman. We're going to be on hand along with a plethora of other amazing guests. And it is big. I think there's like uh, over 1,000 people that attend this event. The money goes to help wounded warriors and vets and children's programs. So I hope you'll come on out and check it out. Again, it is the Gettysburg Battle Bash. The weekend after that, of course, the Michigan Paracon 12th Anniversary Paracon. I can't believe I've been part of 11 of these. This is the 12th anniversary, and it's going to be great if you want to come on out. Again, all the information to all the events you can see me are at darknessevents.com. It's time now to be joined by my guest. She has been with me before on other programs, and she's back again tonight. Anna Maria Manalo is our guest. She is an author. She is a novelist and a screenwriter. She's the best-selling author of The Way Through the Woods and Haunted Heirlooms, her new book, which she's here to talk to us tonight about, is Unholy Structure. Anna Maria, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Dave.
0: This this book sounds terrifying. The 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 concept of what went on and the types of hauntings, things mimicking voices and calling out and an overall very dark presence. After having written a few books dealing with the paranormal. What about this particular story drew your attention and and you knew I've got to cover this?
1: Well, Dave, this is an unusual case in the sense that it's been ongoing for five years now. Uh, A lot of cases that are out there when it's referred to a group of, you know, call them uh, ghost hunters, whatever Mm -hmm. they want to call themselves. uh, Usually there's some kind of a solution resolution within a couple of years. Uh, This is actually a case that remains unsolved. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was shared to me by a gentleman by the name of John Curley, who is the founder of the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society. Um, Actually, just probably about an hour and a half uh, above where I live since I live here in Pennsylvania. Um, The house in question, uh, because the the current owners have changed at the time when the investigation Began, um, the owner was not admitting uh, freely what was happening at the house, but uh, you know to try to make that, long- is
0: that out of uh, ignorance or the fact that if I just don't pay attention to it, it doesn't exist.
1: I I think that the kind of owners that this place had is not the type that would openly admit to something like that. They're very um, understand. I guess uh, conservative people is a polite Mm -hmm. way to say it. Uh, It took them a while to realize that they were dealing with something they can't control. Uh, But what's interesting about this house is that it does interact uh, with people, at least the occupants that were there. The house was built in 1756. Wow. Uh, And and because the owners, as I've said before, have changed, has changed hands three times we were not able to get permission from the current owner. Mm. Uh, so we, I'm primarily talking to John uh, through interviews. He's sharing some of the case file history with me. And that's when I became inspired to put this together in a book form. A lot of people were involved um, through the years, different construction crews, Uh, I think within a year, there were three different renovations that were attempted by three different crews of people. So it went from one foreman to another one. And then, you know, you got to the point where I think the owners were getting fed up because nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a mansion that was so beautiful in its time. And it finally fell into disrepair. Uh, because it just does not want to be rebuilt. It cannot be changed. Um, mm. One of the key things that they also discovered recently is is it was close to a cemetery. I think it was probably only a few yards away. There was actually a cemetery. Mm. Uh, and the cemetery itself had its own infestations. And uh, I, I'm not going to disclose too much about what they discovered, but apparently right. there was a link between the cemetery and the house itself. So, Let me ask
0: you this, Santa Maria, yeah. if, if you can. I, you made an interesting comment about the house, almost mm-hmm. as though it's a, an entity itself. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that this house is alive? Or I, is it no. the spirits within the walls of the house that are keeping it from being refurbished and fixed and changed?
1: My own opinion is that when a place has seen numerous tragedies, as this Mm. house has, uh, it resonates with the energy that's left over from all the tragedies that have happened within. In this particular case, not only does it have that, it also has the ghosts of the people uh, whose lives were cut short. Um, and I think I've through tragedy probably,
0: through tragedy, through illness. Yes, mixture yes. of All of the above.
1: There's um, I, I don't know that there was illness. There definitely was tragedy. Uh, there was a woman uh, that felt she was trapped in there. Uh, the history, when they looked into it, they found out that she never left, that she was just passing through. Uh, she was coming in by stagecoach. We're talking about something in the 1750s. So the types of things the crew members were seeing were people wearing long gowns, uh, people wearing wigs, um, music they were not familiar with because it was music from a long time ago. Um, there were certain scents that accompanied some of the sightings. Uh, and, and the creepiest one, uh, Mm. Dave is something that tells me that it really is very evil because of all the things that have culminated and happening there.
0: All right. Now, when you talk about a sinister haunting like this, something mm-hmm. dark, mm-hmm. how do you differentiate between it being a malevolent, maybe very upset spirit and something mm-hmm. truly evil? Because I just thrown this out there, right? Mm-hmm. I had a house. That drove me nuts. Everything mm-hmm. about it, it it was falling apart on me. You know, I, no matter what I put into it, and i there was so much misery. And I know if I would have died there, I would have just thought this house is cursed. And huh. I don't ever want it to be fixed. I think the quicker it's demolished, maybe my soul will finally feel free to move on. I don't want anybody else to deal with the nonsense and the 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 uh, negativity that's a part of this house. Do you think that there's part of that from whatever the spirit is? Is that they're they want to see the ultimate destruction of this place because of what it meant to them.
1: I I don't know that they want the destruction, the flavor that I got from John uh, from this particular case and the types of things that they're experiencing there is that the people who are there are resisting uh, Mm. being taken away or having their environment changed. Uh, Case in point, the attic is a hotbed of activity. The attic spans the entire top, um, fourth floor, there's three floors to the mansion. okay The fourth floor, the whole span from the very very front of the house all the way to the back, has an attic. Uh, there are two stairwells to approach that house through the front and through the back. Um, there's a lot of uh, quote unquote residents, unearthly residents in there. they don't like things moved. So there were these two men whose job primarily was to remove all the furniture from the attic because the current owners also had an antique store. Uh, They wanted to put on consignment whatever they were not going to use because eventually it was going to be an inn, a hotel. So they were trying to catalog what was up there. And in the process, of course, you're going to move things. You're going to box up things. You're going to, you know, you see all kinds of, Things like odds and ends, lamps, dishes, whatnot. Uh, one happened to take a chase with him and mm-hmm. try to bring it downstairs, and a lot of activity happened because of it. So, just to answer your question, I, I think um, there is one evil tenant in particular, uh, and of course, I'm not talking about something that's alive because the place. Right totally abandoned at this point, who seems to be the central figure. And I believe that particular spirit is evil. Um, That particular spirit, when you go back into the history, which I'm going to do with this book in a series of flashbacks, will show you how the place finally ultimately came to become very haunted uh, but the people that used to live there or, you know, were passing through and stayed in that hotel because it was a hotel at one time. Um, some of them never left. And and to this day, they're still there, so to speak. And they don't want anything changed at all. They don't want anything moved. Um, not even the wallpaper. They don't want that removed.
0: There is uh, in real world, real life, there mm-hmm. is... Um, mental issues that happen from isolation. You know, I mean, it obviously happens to to prisoners that are put away in, uh, um, I can't even think of the word I'm looking for now, when they're you're isolated all alone, solitary confinement.
1: Solitary, yeah.
0: It can drive you mad. Do you think that the spirits start off angry, that's why they stay there? Or do you think it's 100, 200 years of being there and not recognized, not being able to communicate with everybody clearly that starts to drive the soul mad.
1: That's an interesting question, Dave, because, um, when, when you read this book, you'll realize they're trying to communicate what happened to them. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, not so much that they're mad as they're in a rage, uh, particularly the one gentleman who is the centerpiece of this haunting, um, There is a rage that there's a lot of things that people didn't know what happened to them that caused their demise. So they're trying to communicate with the living who are, of course, too busy to really understand what's going on They're, uh, You know, they're trying to tear down the wallpaper and, uh, you know, do what they can to fix it up uh, and they find themselves fleeing.
0: Almost uh, like an affront to them. Right. That it's like you're erasing all of this and you're not remembering me. You're not remembering what happened to me.
1: Yes. Yes. I, I think that that's, that's what we're dealing with. Yes, definitely. Um, there is um, one particular it, it, it's an interesting case in the sense that there. it's not just limited to people. There's mm-hmm. also the involvement of an animal. Uh, and, and that one makes this a very interesting one because, you know, people don't normally think of animals as having spirits or souls. Right. Uh, this one makes it obvious that it there is.
0: Well, if you're if you're a parent of a fur baby, you know that they have souls. <laughs> so uh, we, we know that for certain. Um, are the fleshies, the humans that are going in and out of there, are they in danger? Is this lead investigator targeted by these spirits and by this malevolent, sinister force?
1: He had to he was under pressure to solve this case and make the appropriate referral, because for the most Mm -hmm. part, you know, the paranormal groups, they go in, they investigate, uh, they take EVPs, they take all kinds of video in an effort to prove that there's something going on, you know, other than people breaking in or, you know, something that's rule out, rule out anything that's human activity, uh, but more supernatural activity. He was having a tough time trying to record, trying to make other than what they're actually seeing and hearing. It's somehow not registering with the EVP or the video equipment. So he had to go in there several times. There was a time limit. Everybody was under pressure. The crew refused to even do overtime. So everybody was rushing mm-hmm. out of there by 4 or 5 p.m., um, as soon as the sun started to set, you would see them just rushing out in droves, no matter what they were doing, because they didn't want to go through what the rats, the last crew went through or the crew before them. So in that case, it was particularly challenging. I'm sorry, I well, read on, on
0: No, no, that's great. That's a lot yeah. of great information to unpack. So it's not just one person that as a skeptic, you can go, oh, this guy's just obviously nuts. and And mm-hmm. or he's a big fan of the paranormal and making this up. You've got. Large groups, contractors, uh, workers, carpenters, electricians that are, they want nothing to do with this place. They're in, they're out as fast as they can.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of collaborative, I guess you'd call it collaborative evidence. Mm -hmm. It's just that the way the owners wanted it, they actually wanted something that was concrete that they could see themselves. And that's when things become very hairy where they had to keep going back, uh, spending one weekend after another. Uh, staying overnight trying to tape activity trying to you know see what what the nature of the infestation is so
0: have you put yourself in the position to be there at some point yourself
1: you you mean in this mansion Mm -hmm. (laughs) no dave i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) no dave i i I actually got started (laughs) yeah yeah Um, I got started in this field because I I was raised in a haunted home Mm -hmm. Uh, and I know exactly what they're dealing with. And it's with a lot of trepidation that I would ever walk into a haunted building ever again. Uh, One of the risks about it, which I know you know well, is that there could be an attachment. There could be someone following you. As a matter of fact, in this case, uh, there were some attachments that happened because of it. Uh, you know, being just by the vicinity or showing interest or even just talking about it tonight sometimes can lead to them realizing, hey, somebody has an interest in this. Maybe I should go visit.
0: I understand your trepidation to go in there. And, you know, okay, you're still writing about this, hearing these stories. I'm Mm -hmm. curious because I know some authors who've never stepped foot into a haunted place, but when they start sharing the story something starts happening around them has that Mm -hmm. ever happened to you
1: there was a case i actually refused to write about it um there was a case that was shared with me uh, actually just about maybe a year ago while i was still writing haunted heirlooms and and that was an experience in itself writing that Mm -hmm. Um, this was a case where there was uh, i hate to say it there was demonic activity uh, the gentleman in question who shared it with me felt that whatever it was was following him and that whoever he spoke with, in turn, would end up getting a visit of some type. While we were talking, and this was just on the phone, and it was around, probably around this time, the lights in my house started blinking. And then I I felt, you know, I'm, I'm very used to this. I, I know at that point when I'm being watched, and I know at that point when there's a presence it got very cold in the room that i was in so immediately, immediately i changed the conversation um i cut it off i told them i was not interested uh that i would wait until it was resolved
0: wisteria whisper pops on says there is a theory that spirits are the same on the other side as they are in life so they just want to keep their house the way it is in their life for fear of this change, the physical change, but isn't it strange? Because if time really means nothing to the spirit realm, Mm -hmm. why can't they time lock themselves into an era where the house is exactly as they remember it?
1: And who knows, Dave, maybe to them, the way they perceive it, it is Mm -hmm. still the way it was when they walked into it.
0: Wouldn't it be interesting if what they're upset about is hearing that the furniture dragging upstairs and the banging of the refurbishing. And they're not dead. They're living in that house and they're mm-hmm. hearing this from us. We're the ghosts that are affecting them. And that's why they're so angry. That's why they're so obstinate, because we're upsetting their world.
1: Mm mm-hmm. and, and you have to know this, that there are a couple of the spirits who are actually mm-hmm. helpful they told John, oh, yeah, there's, there was a fire here.
0: Hmm. So there's there hauntings was. in different layers then. Yes. Do yes. these spirits seem to be aware of one another in this location?
1: There is a woman who is aware of the central figure that's made the house deeply haunted. Uh, and the reason why she stayed behind, from what I understand, is to try to bear witness or try and testify on her own behalf about what happened to her. I won't go any further than that because that would be a spoiler. But there are some people there that are aware of the person that is evil. Um, And then there are some people there that are basically helping the crew by telling them, you know, this is what we used to use. This stairwell was where all the servants went down on. It was kind of almost like they were giving them a tour.
0: Yeah. At the most
1: unexpected time.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, having having all of this strange activity, uh, the fact that people are being bothered, that the, the investigators are kind of dealing with these repercussions. Is it affecting their health as well, dealing with all of this anxiety, uh, depression, death from the past?
1: It has affected a few of them. Uh, there was a gentleman that went in there. He actually wasn't part of the investigative team. He was the electrician. Um, Mm -hmm. he ended up with a lot of family issues. Uh, I won't go into it, but let's put it this way. He brought home whatever he intended not to bring home. He was very much afraid of all the rumors, things that he was hearing because he was at the periphery. He would come in, you know, lay down cable for electricity because this is, you know, house was built at a time when there were only lanterns or whatever. Um, and, and wittingly he brought home something that he did not
0: want. Terrifying things. Uh, We got to have you back again to to share some of these thoughts. And I'd love to, you know, maybe even do an interactive show where we have people come on to talk about their haunted heirlooms and talk a little about you with that on this program. Uh, We do have a link up for you, Anna Maria, so people can find you, find your books, keep up with the work that you're doing. But as always, it's a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us.
1: Thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you. All right, folks, as promised, a very special guest is joining us for a few moments here. This guest may be new to some of you, to others who've kept up with shows like Ghosts of Shepherdstown, Season 1 and 2. You might recognize this guy from Ghosts of Morgan City, and soon he'll be part of another program. As a matter of fact, August 21st on the Travel Channel and Discovery+. Plus ghosts of devil's perch i'm back cindy Kays is back K.D. stafford from go- Ghosts of morgan city is joining us on that program and to indoctrinate him into my world i've invited him here to the paranormal 60 and you got it folks i brought him to do something that usually i would only send shane to go do into a dark closet somewhere it's time for it's time now for upon further review All right, Katie, we got a chance to get to know each other while we were out filming in Butte, Montana. And the one thing I talked and walked away with is knowing you love horror movies. Uh, Your mic is not working. I need you to, are you muted somehow? Oh, this is the weird stuff. Yeah, get nothing, buddy. That's a cool looking microphone, though. Nothing. See, the spirits are against us. Yeah, if you need to just go to the laptop, Mike, you go to it, my friend. What I'll do in the interim is let me give them a little taste of the movie I sent you to watch. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, I think I met it. Nope, it was there for a second and gone. We'll give Katie a chance to uh, figure out what's going on, the madman of the paranormal. But first, let's take a look at the uh, trailer for the movie. Oh, I'm starting to hear you come through. There you are. I think you can hear me now. I think. Oops. Now I got you. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Okay. Let's show the trailer. We'll come back and talk. Here we go. Okay. From the 1980s. This is House. This is a house where no one should live. Roger Cobb has come here
2: alone. But no one is ever alone in the house.
3: Leave while you can. No!
1: Sandy. Horror
0: has found a new home. Enter at your own risk. (laughs) So, did you do it? Did you enter at your own risk, Katie?
3: I I did. Uh, As I've entered so many times before, Dave, I got to say, I'm (laughs) glad that you asked me to review this movie. It just gave me an excuse to watch it again. So, it's great. How a 1986 classic.
0: Did it hold up? Does it still hold up in today's storytelling and and plotting?
3: I think it does to a degree. What you have here is some very Sam Raimi-ish sort of vibes, you know, right. from the from the ghosts. And then you have the ghost dimension and you know, it's, it gets a little questionable whether or not he's like seeing some of these things that he's experiencing just in his head or if it's actually happening. But, uh, I think at the end, it's all about a big portal on the property, and that's that's uh it's always got my attention so
0: and this movie comes from Sean Cunningham, right? He created the Friday the 13th movies, uh, some of the scariest flicks out there, and he brought this in. Now this, like you said, it's an interesting twist because and and I told you off air what I loved about it is this is kind of the uh, paranormal uh, 1980s um, Avengers. You've got uh, Norm from Cheers, right? it's part right. of
3: this yeah Norm, george went he, he's yeah he, yeah yep he's there uh richard
0: mole richard
3: Maul, Mike right yep. and you know a funny little fact uh i think it was uh space what was it uh the guy uh william cat i believe yeah, william the, C- yeah he was in another movie another little uh sci-fi movie i remember where his 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 blonde fro was a little bigger than it than it was in, in house. and it ended but, up know. with some
0: pig's blood on it doesn't it he was uh, <laughs> it he was carrie's boyfriend in the original movie carrie a lot of people right. know william Cat from the greatest american hero tv series from the 80s so it was a, a cool kind of movie classic. yeah throwing all <laughs> these great 80s people together mm-hmm. under one roof and and doing this movie he's uh roger cobb played by william katt is this um former vietnam vet who's dealing with some ptsd so is he is he going mad or is the house haunted is kind of the whole gist of this i i do have to laugh because even in the commercial you could see how cartoony uh it felt like very much like tales from the dark side the creatures look that kind of rubbery right. costume look
3: yeah, it was like it was like a, a little bit sillier of a level of Sam Raimi, you know, like Evil right. Dead ish. It was more uh, Army of Darkness, Darkness, if I had to compare it. You know, some of these special effects, but uh, a little bit sillier. But you know, what kind of disappointed me is that they dropped that whole that whole uh, is he going mad theme like about halfway through the movie, and they just kind of let it all out. No, he's not going mad. There's a ghost dimension like on the right. property. And he just, you know, he realizes his son's trapped in the mirror and like just ropes on down into it. And yeah, that's as where one does, right? <laughs> right. as one does if one has a ghost uh, dimension on their property and just, just happens to see. have that much rope.
0: Yeah, just wait till you see the ghosts of the devil's perch. We send uh, KD and roping down through mirrors and portals and whatever it takes to get the attention of the spirit realm this time.
3: Kinds of all kinds of nice and cozy places. Lots of spiders.
0: Well, the the madman of the paranormal. You are the mad professor, mad scientist, building equipment on the spot for some of the experiments that uh, they did on Morgan City for all of the episodes that we filmed on the new show. Um, I got to ask your opinion. Now you've seen the movie. You revisit this movie as we give the ratings. One on the Phantom scale is just horrible. Five right up there with like Night of the Living Dead. Perfect kind of horror movie. Where do you put House?
3: I'm going to put, I'm, you know, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four because it, it 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 could have been great. It could have been right there with Ghostbusters, but they didn't go all the way. You know, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't take the comedy. It could have been a great horror comedy, but they didn't just take the jokes all the way. They kind of lost steam. And, you know, but I'll give it a four. It's definitely got a four and it's a classic in my book and I definitely recommend it.
0: I appreciate it buddy uh so the the new series begins airing August 21st and they're doing something pretty exciting with our series they're simultaneously dropping on Travel Channel and Discovery plus that's right that's right so be- people no matter how you yeah how you watch it it's going to be out there how do you I know we can't give anything away but how do you rate the type of activity you were up against in Butte Montana as opposed to what you had to deal with in Morgan City Louisiana
3: Well, I mean, you know, well, when you have powerful moments, right, like it's it's hard to compare them. It's hard to rate them. But it was every bit as powerful as some of the moments that I had. You know, I was in just just a few episodes of uh, Morgan City. Mm -hmm. And so I got a bigger taste of it here. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a bigger experience for me. I'll tell you that.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it air on the 21st. Well, I'm sure we'll be in touch as it's airing that night. It'll be the first time we all get to see it as well.
3: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're surprising us with it, too. We've only seen like a tiny little clip.
0: Right. Just to, they give us a chance to see these little three minute snippets of the of the show. So it's hard for us mm-hmm. to tell what's going on. But I'm I'm confident with the amount of stories and the the um, type of activity that we saw. I think is going to play really well for audience, audiences all over. And I think it's a, a great follow-up for Shepherdstown and Morgan City.
3: Yeah, and it's it's nice and well-rounded, too. The town has so much, such varied activity in it that, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great.
0: Very cool. Well, thanks for watching the movie. You heard it, four phantoms for the classic movie, House. I, I'm going to tell you, there was House 2, the second story, which had nothing yes. to do with... With the original movie, and then House Three, which had Lance Henriksen, yeah. yeah, and that's about yeah. the extent House of it. Three but was I never like a slasher. Right. House
3: Three was a slasher, and I think it was only called like House Three, like actually, like um, in theaters in Europe at first. Like, oh, really? It was called something else. Yeah, I want to say it was called something else. You know, at first I thought you were trying to get me to review the 1977 <laughs> Japanese horror comedy, and I was like, hell no, Dave, I'm not watching that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i'm going with straight up good old-fashioned american horror movie uh horror movie right. comedy all right well, very cool K-
3: there, were, there were no butt biting there was no butt biting in in this house but you know
0: <laughs> well that's in the cutout scenes hey katie you're doing some live events as well and uh, doing them with your wife katie you guys are going to be out and about investigating people can come out and see you investigate and be a part of it and work with some of your equipment how do they find you what's the best way to get in touch with you
3: uh we have uh, su- uh, par- uh, excuse me supernatural inc paranormal.com you can go there and that is like your key to everything i do everything supernatural inc does and supernatural inc is my team uh sort of paranormal research team that i have in kansas city so yeah you can uh check us there find all of our events you can see our live streams uh take you to our facebook page and everywhere else
0: That's right. There's a Facebook fan page now for Ghosts of Devil's Perch. Go start following it so you can keep up with updates from the team, uh, what we're doing, all the cool stuff. We'll be talking to you about behind the scenes stuff on the show as well. Katie, I look forward to seeing you as the show progresses, man. Thanks for stopping by today. All right, brother. My pleasure. Have a good one. Take care. All right, folks, House, check it out for yourself. It's a cool movie. I know it's on YouTube, so you can certainly find it there. But if you want a good, fun, kitschy movie with a lot of 80s name recognition and celebrities, that's the way to go. All right. It's time now to be joined by our next guest, and I'm excited to have her join me here. Ladies and gentlemen, Melody Knapp. Hi, Melody.
2: Hi, Dave. How are you tonight?
0: i'm doing good and your microphone's working so that's a plus i appreciate that (laughs) uh now you you got involved in the paranormal because you had your own encounter what was it back in 2010 seeing a full body apparition
2: yes yes i did um and it kind of falls in that sinister category that you were talking about um It's kind of cool, too, because it is the experience that got me into the field. It got me researching the supernatural and the unexplained. um, And I still remember it so vividly, and I'm excited to share it with you guys. So let's rewind back to 2010. Um, I was in high school and super into the paranormal and watching all the shows (laughs) on TV, and I wanted to experience it myself. So myself and two friends uh, went to a location in the Massachusetts area, and it was a full moon in October in New England. So you can kind of get the scene of how it felt. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a major role in this story is the feelings and the sensations, because that's followed me throughout um, the last 12 years. So that's scary to think about 12 years. Right. Right. But those feelings and honing in on those feelings and um, looking back, if I knew then what I know now, if, if I would have acted differently and approached it differently. Um, so the start of the night, we decided to um, it was like this big campus of buildings. It used to be like an old um, reformatory school, like a lot of pain, suffering. Um, they did have um, abuse there as well. Um so a very sad location and walking onto the property, we were about, I would say, a quarter of a mile to the grounds when things started to not feel right. Um, in my gut, I, I had that go back feeling. Um, now, wait, for clarification,
0: could, yes. are you mediumistic? Or um, at, that
2: point? <laughs> uh, at that point, no.
0: Okay. But you could definitely get that sense, that presence that I, I should not be here. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. And something like later on that I've, I've learned to acknowledge, it was like the bad sense, not the, Oh, there's something here. I can like, not the spidey sense. It was the bad sense. Right. Right. You should not be here. You should retreat fight or flight, flight sense. And, um, and only intensified as we kept walking, and there was this point where I could finally see um, some of the buildings, and it was like I had walked into a vacuum. There was no noise, and I'm talking—you could hear like crickets chirping, like you know, nightlife in the woods, right. and um, it was totally silent. Which is still, which still blows my mind. Like these things still like fill my heart with so much joy, like the curiosity aspect, because that's just so surreal to me that all of the sound was like sucked out of where we were outside. All right. And um, I'm
0: going to come back to that moment because I have a theory. I want to float past you, but go ahead.
2: No, of course. Um, We're getting to the good part. So we're almost there. Um, So we start walking and We finally make it to the buildings and we're in the very back of like the campus. And there was this big building to my left and these big rocks to my right. um, And like this kind of like metal gate. And there was a bulkhead on the building to the left and we're walking and I'm in the front leading the two because me, the female that's wanted to go do this. And the two guys are like, sure, this sounds like a great idea, but then got there and we're like, maybe this isn't for us. We're kind (laughs) of in the back. Um, and I'm walking on the dirt path ahead of me, and I see something run out from the bulkhead so fast. And it was very low to the ground. Um, it ran out directly into the path I was walking on. It was probably like, I'm not really good with distances, but it was very, it was very close.
0: <laughs> so when you say it's, it's low to the ground, I mean, are we talking like a hobbit? Or are we so... talking like it was almost animalistic the way it moved?
2: So here's the thing. When I originally saw it, my first thought was, this is a security guard okay. <laughs> or All someone right. who saw us walking and like jumped out to run out and be like, Hey, you're not supposed to be here. Cause we, right. and um, that was my first thought until I realized how low it was running, how fast it was running. And then the shape, because when it stopped in my path, it was like probably seven to eight feet tall. Complete darkness. Um, It was standing up and had, like, two arms and two legs like a human, but it had, and I'll remember this till the day I die, excessively long arms with, like, the pointiest elbows I could ever, like, describe to you. Like, crazy long arms. And it stopped and looked.
0: So almost like that scene from the first Nightmare on Elm Street when he reaches his arms out and they stretch and they start scraping the walls?
2: Yes. Like, terrible. All right. And it looked and I, there was no eyes. It was just complete darkness. I just saw the moonlight off of this figure and mm. then it turned and ran. And I remember hearing its feet on like the gravel of the dirt path and then it disappeared in front of my eyes.
0: Now, yeah. what about the two guys that are with you? Are they... They ran. <laughs> they, they, did they leave you there? They took off when no, they saw this? so I, oh. I,
2: I did end up running with them. But what's crazy okay. is by the time we got back to the car, um, one of them refused to admit that we saw something at all. And then I've never spoken to them again, like, since that night. Um, and then the other person just went down, like, a very dark, dark path. Wow. Um, yeah, and, like, that was... And that moment affected me as well and that whatever i encountered that night i have come across a few times i I will say literally probably only twice since then and i'm going to revert back to what i originally said the feelings and i can only identify and relate it to that initial incident because of the feelings because it's that it's here again
0: when you when you Initially, had that feeling, and everything kind of got sucked out all the sound. Everything we talk about interdimensional beings and what exactly is a haunting? Are we haunting it? Is it haunting us? Is there all of that? Do you think you might have almost stepped into its pocket universe, its dimension, and that's why everything here stopped making noise? Or, you know, in the horror movies. Of course, everything stops because Jason is just that evil that every other animal's like, right? And they're all hiding behind trees because the killer's there. But I have often wondered, are we in their universe briefly? And that's why the sound from ours goes away. And we're just innately part of that moment.
2: Honestly, Dave, that's a conclusion I've come to because a lot of the really intense, profound experiences I've had it hasn't felt like this reality like whatsoever um my most recent one i'm still feel like i'm fighting to stay in this (laughs) world um because yeah i do believe when the stars align and we get that like perfect storm or perfect concoction or calculation Where, yeah, maybe that's where the communication lies. We're able to transcend to their dimension, or they come to ours, and it's interchangeable. Or maybe we're in in a completely neutral dimension that neither of us are a part of.
0: And it sees you, and it's like, what the hell is that? And it takes (laughs) off running. Android Purity from the live chat says, so the moonlight was reflecting off it, but still you -hmm. could see no discernible facial features or clothing on it.
2: Yes, and that... It, it's so funny because like, that's what got me to join a paranormal team back then. Cause I had all of these questions. I'm like, how first, how can I not hear the crickets? How can I watch this thing run, but know how tall it was when it had started to stand up? Like, how could it disappear in front of my, how was the moonlight reflecting, but you know, and it right. wasn't like it was absorbing the light. Cause I saw the reflection of the moonlight. So there's just so many questions. <laughs>
0: Mark G says, maybe we're unable to hear whatever frequencies that we just stepped into. Oh, That's a good insight as well. Yeah, thank okay. you. I like Steve's con- conspiratorial angle on this. Melody's just trying to feed us to skinwalkers. That's the the concept of uh, what he believes is going on. Um, when you have something like that, that profound, how long before you were back out actively trying to pursue the paranormal, was that enough to put you on your heels for a while and make you think, I gotta process this before I go back
2: out and and seek this again. So the first time I've ever actually had to halt my um, my research in the field has been the most recent location um, okay. that we filmed out and investigated on. Yeah, um, that was like the first time, and it was really just more internal work because we're we're out here insatiably asking these questions, right? Looking for answers, looking for experiences. Sometimes, and when you say we're we. Out-
0: when you say we i want to make sure people know we're talking about the ghost finders and they can follow these adventures on apple tv prime video paraflix and roku spirit channel correct
2: yes yes correct the ghost finders
0: and we have a link up for that on our program guide today
2: so you can find it easily as well yeah and uh, i love my team so shout out to you guys steve his comment just came through he's one he's on our team as well i miss you um But yeah, like we're asking all these questions and like sometimes like we get those experiences and like sometimes we get a little bit more than we like we bite off more than we can chew. And that's I can absolutely say that about this last location because it was just so many different aspects. One of them being I um, I really had to fight with my um, understanding of demons because previous to this location, I was that investigator that said it. Absolutely wasn't a possibility. We had to look at everything else. There's no way. Um, and I literally had, like, thank gosh for my team. Like, I think anyone investigating the paranormal needs to have, like, solid people with them because they did. They had to sit me down and, like, walk me through. Like, because the cool thing about my team is we all have different backgrounds and different beliefs. We have an eclectic witch, we have a spirit medium, you know, we have three different kinds of investigators from three different backgrounds. Um, who all have different beliefs and they were able to sit there and rationally walk me through what was going on. Cause outwardly it might seem sinister. It might seem demonic. And I had to come to terms with the fact that just because I don't believe in a certain religion doesn't make something not real, Mm -hmm. especially in the field, which we, we work in, like we, none of us know definites, none of us know certainties. Um, So that was like a really profound experience that I did. Yeah. I had to take, um, take a couple months off to kind of recenter myself and uh, kind of get some good grounding. Because when you are, when you do come face to face with the center star, the dark, the negative, you need to be solid. You need to be grounded. You need to be good.
1: You know?
0: It was at this point during our live show, when things went haywire, this is very strange. I mean, In today's environment, it's not totally unknown to have the Internet go down. However, I was thrown offline. My Internet shut down completely. But in StreamYard, the guest should be able to stay in. Something threw Melody out of the show and into the green room where she was stuck. I was finally able to access very limited on my phone just enough to go in and stop the StreamYard stream. And that was it. Now, my internet is through one company, my cell phone through another, and what's very strange is that not only was my internet completely disrupted, but so was my phone. I have a Samsung 22 something or other with 5G, and I couldn't even get 4G. I could get no G. It was horrible. I was disconnected from life, but thankfully, I got back on around 1.32 o'clock in the morning. Things are fine. Now, Melody did get to finish her story, and it was a pleasure speaking with her. It's always a shame when we get cut short, but we'll have Melody back to tell us more strange encounters with the supernatural. Her team will be joining us in the future, so stay tuned for that. Now, as an aside, it's Tuesday when I'm finally completing this audio, and I was booked to do Brittany Barbieri's podcast. 20 minutes before showtime, in a completely different state, Brittany Barbieri lost power, internet and had difficulties with her phone so maybe the sinister is listening maybe there are things that do go bump in the night and they don't want the truth to be told but that's too bad because that's what you'll always find here the best of paranormal programming where truth is paramount this is the paranormal 60 with dave schrader